اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم In the name of Allah, the most gracious, the ever merciful. This is part one of the audiobook The Will by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, the promised Messiah and Mahdi. This is an audiobook recorded for the Review of Religions. The Review of Religions magazine was established in 1902 by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, the promised Messiah and Imam Mahdi, in order to prove the existence of God and the relevance of religion in the modern world. It continues to engage audiences across the globe to this day. You can find a range of audiobooks and other exciting resources on our website at www.reviewofreligions.org. Part 1 The Will A warner came unto the world, but the world accepted him not. Yet God shall accept him, and demonstrate his truthfulness with mighty assaults. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulihi muhammadin wa alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een All praise belongs to Allah, Lord of all the worlds, and peace and blessings be upon his messenger, Muhammad, his progeny and all his companions. Since God Almighty has informed me through recurrent revelations that the time of my demise is near, and since these revelations have been of such force as to shake me to the very core of my being, turning my heart cold to this life, I have deemed it appropriate to write a few words of admonition and advice for my friends and other such persons as may wish to derive benefit from my words. To begin with, I commit to writing the divine revelation which informed me of my imminent death and motivated me to undertake this task. The following is the revelation which was revealed in the Arabic language. Later, the revelation in Urdu will also be mentioned. Qaruba ajalukal muqaddar Wala nubqi laka minal mukhziyati dhikra Qalla mi'adu rabbika Wala nubqi laka minal mukhziyati shay'an Wa imma nuriyannaka ba'dalladhi na'iduhum aw natawaffayannaka Tamutu wa ana radhim minka Jaa'a waqtuka wa nubqi lakal ayati bahiratin Jaa'a waqtuka wa nubqi lakal ayati bayyinatin Qaruba ma tu'adun Wa amma bi ni'mati rabbika fahaddith Innahu man yattaqillaha Wa yasbir fa innallaha la yudhi'u ajral muhsinin The appointed time of your death has come close, and we shall leave no trace of anything, the illusion to which might reflect adversely upon your honour. Very little is left of the term which God has ordained with respect to you, and we shall dispel and demolish and leave no trace of any objection intended to defame and humiliate you. 
We have the power to show you a part of the fulfillment of our prophecies about the opponents or cause you to die. You will die while I am pleased with you. You shall always cause the manifest signs to remain as a testimony to your truthfulness. The promise which was made is close. Proclaim the bounty of your Lord which has been bestowed on you. The one who adheres to taqwa and is steadfast, God does not waste the reward of such righteous ones. It should be remembered here that when God Almighty says that he will not leave behind any such objections against me as might be the cause of my disgrace and defamation, the statement has two meanings. First, that he shall refute and wipe out all objections which are published with the intention of defaming me, and second, that those who raise such objections and do not refrain from mischief, nor desist from vilification, we shall rid the world of their presence and wipe them off the face of the earth, with the result that with their destruction, their objections would also be wiped out. After this, God spoke to me in Urdu regarding my death and addressed me in the following words. बहुत थोड़े दिन रह गए हैं उस दिन सब पर उदासी छा जाएगी ये होगा ये होगा ये होगा बाद इसके तुम्हारा वाक्य होगा तमाम हवादिस और अजायबात कुदरत दिखलाने के बाद तुम्हारा हादसा आएगा That very few days are left on that day all will be saddened this will happen, this will happen, this will take place. Your event will take place after all other events and natural wonders have been demonstrated. The knowledge that I have been granted about the calamities is none other than that death will run rampant on all sides that earthquakes of such severity will occur as will provide a foretaste of the day of judgment. The earth will be turned upside down and the lives of many will become agonizingly distressing. Then, those who repent and forsake sin, to them Allah will show mercy. As all the prophets had prophesied about this age, it was inevitable that all this should have come to pass. But those who set their hearts aright and follow the ways favoured by God shall have no fear or grief. Addressing me, God Almighty said, Tu meri taraf se nazir hai, mene tujhe bheja, ta mujrim नेकोकारों से अलग किए जाएं और फरमाया कि दुनिया में एक नज़ीर आया पर दुनिया ने उसको कबूल ना किया लेकिन खुदा उसे कबूल करेगा और बड़े जोर आवर हमलों से उसकी सच्चाई जाहिर कर देगा मैं तुझे इस कदर बरकत दूंगा कि बादशाह तेरे कपड़ों से बरकत ढूंढेंगे ट्रांसलेशन यू आर अ वोना ऑन माई बिहाफ I have sent you so that the guilty ones be separated from the righteous. And he said, A warner came unto the world, but the world accepted him not. 
yet God will accept him and demonstrate his truthfulness with mighty onslaughts. Footnote Had the world opened its eyes, it would have seen that I appeared at the turn of the century. By now nearly one-fourth of the fourteenth century has elapsed, and, quite in accordance with the Ahadith and concurrent with my claim, a solar and a lunar eclipse occurred during the month of Ramadan, and the plague too broke out in the country, and earthquakes too struck and many more shall yet strike. Woe betide those who fell in love with the world and did not accept me. End footnote. And I shall bless thee, so much so, that kings shall seek blessings from thy garments. End of translation. And God informed me of another impending earthquake, which would be of utmost severity, and said, Pir bahar ai, khuda ki baat pir puri hui. That again the spring came, and again the word of God was fulfilled. Thus another massive earthquake is bound to occur, but the righteous are safe from it. Be righteous therefore and fear God so that you may be saved. Fear God today that you may remain safe from the fear of that day. It is inevitable for the heaven to show some sign and for the earth to do likewise. But those who fear God shall be saved. God's word informs me that many calamities will occur and many disasters will descend on the earth, some during my lifetime and some after I have gone. And he will promote and advance this Jamaat to the full. A part of it will happen at my hands and some after me. This is the way of God, and ever since he created man on earth, he has always been demonstrating this divine practice. He helps his prophets and messengers and grants them success and predominance. As he says, That God has ordained that he and his prophets shall prevail. The Holy Quran Surah Al-Mujadala, chapter 58, verse 22. And by predominance is meant that as messengers and prophets desire that God's hujjat is established in the world and no one is able to oppose it, so in turn does God demonstrate with powerful signs their truthfulness as well as the truth they wish to spread in the world. He lets them sow the seed of it the truth, but he does not let it come to full fruition at their hands. Rather, he causes them to die at such time as apparently forebodes a kind of failure and thereby provides an opportunity for the opponents to laugh at, ridicule, taunt and reproach the prophets. And after they have had their fill of ridicule and reproach, he reveals yet another dimension of his might and creates such means by which the objectives which had to some extent remained incomplete are fully realized. Thus he manifests two kinds of power, 
First, he shows the hand of his power at the hands of his prophets themselves. Secondly, when with the death of a prophet, difficulties and problems arise, and the enemy feels stronger and thinks that things are in disarray, and is convinced that now this Jamaat will become extinct, and even members of the Jamaat too are in a quandary, and their backs are broken, and some of the unfortunate ones choose paths that lead to apostasy, then it is that God for the second time shows his mighty power, and supports and takes care of the shaken Jamaat. Thus, one who remains steadfast till the end witnesses this miracle of God. This is what happened at the time of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, when the demise of the Holy Prophet was considered untimely and many an ignorant Bedouin turned apostate. The companions of the Holy Prophet too, stricken with grief, became like those who lose their senses. Then Allah raised Abu Bakr Siddiq and showed for the second time the manifestation of his power and saved Islam just when it was about to fall, and fulfilled the promise which was spelled out in the verse, That is, after the fear, we shall firmly re-establish them. That is also what happened at the time of Moses, when he died on his way from Egypt to Kenan, before taking the Israelites to the intended destination in accordance with the promise. At his, Moses' death, Israelites were plunged into deep mourning. It is written in the Torah that with the grief at this untimely death and sudden departure of Moses, the Israelites wept for forty days. The same happened with Christ. At the time of the incident of the crucifixion, all his disciples scattered, and one of them even apostatized. So, dear friends, since it is the Sunnatullah from time immemorial that God Almighty shows two manifestations, so that the two false joys of the opponents be put to an end, it is not possible now that God should relinquish his Sunnah of old. So do not grieve over what I have said to you, nor should your hearts be distressed, for it is essential for you to witness the second manifestation also, and its coming is better for you because it is everlasting, the continuity of which will not end till the day of judgment. And that second manifestation cannot come unless I depart. But when I depart, God will send that second manifestation for you which shall always stay with you, just as promised by God in Barahine Ahmadiyya. And this promise is not for my person, rather the promise is with reference to you. As God addressing me says, I shall make this Jamaat, who are your followers, prevail over others till the day of judgment. Thus it is inevitable that you see the day of my departure, so that after that day, the day comes, which is the day of everlasting promise. Our God 
is he who keeps his promise and is faithful and is the truthful God. He shall show you all that he has promised. Though these days are the last days of this world and there are many a disaster waiting to happen, yet it is necessary that this world continues to exist until all those things about which God has prophesied come to pass. I came from God as a manifestation of divine providence and I am a personification of his power. And after I am gone, there will be some other persons who will be the manifestation of the second power of God. So while waiting for the second manifestation of his power, you all together keep yourselves busy praying and let a jamaat of righteous people, one and all, in every country, keep themselves busy in prayers so that the second manifestation may descend from the heaven and show you that your God is such a mighty God. Consider your death to be close at hand, for you never know when the hour will strike. Let the righteous persons of the Jamaat who have pure souls accept birth in my name. Footnote such persons will be selected by consensus of the believers. Hence, if 40 believers agree that a person is competent to accept bet in my name, he will be entitled to accept bet, oath of allegiance. And such a person ought to make himself an example for others. God has informed me, I shall raise for thy jamaat one from thy progeny, and shall honour him with my revelation and nearness. Truth will flourish through him, and a large number of people accept him. So wait for those days, and you should remember that one is recognised only when one's time comes, and it is possible that before such a time one may appear to be an ordinary person, or because of some deceptive thoughts one may even be regarded as objectionable, just as one who is destined to be perfect is at one time only a drop of semen or clot of blood in the womb. End footnote. God Almighty desires to draw all those who live in various habitations of the world, be it in Europe or Asia, and who have virtuous nature to the unity of God and unite his servants under one faith. This indeed is the purpose of God for which I have been sent to the world. You too, therefore, should pursue this end, but with kindness, moral probity and fervent prayers. Until that time when someone inspired by God with the Holy Spirit is raised by him, all of you should work in harmony with one another. And you too should partake of the Holy Spirit by compassion and by purifying your souls, because without the Holy Spirit, true taqwa cannot be attained. And, totally shedding all base desires of the self, choose for the sake of winning the pleasure of God that path 
compared to which no path can be narrower and straighter. Do not fall in love with the pleasures of the world, for they take you away from God. Choose a life of austerity for the sake of God. The pain which pleases God is better than the pleasure which makes him angry. And the defeat which pleases God is better than the victory which invites the wrath of Allah. Renounce the love which brings you nearer to the wrath of Allah. If by purifying your hearts you come to him, he will help you whichever path you tread. And no enemy shall ever be able to harm you. You can never, ever win the pleasure of Allah unless you, relinquishing your desires, abandoning your pleasures, sacrificing your honour, disowning your wealth, discarding your life, bear such hardships in His way as make you suffer the pangs of death. But once you suffer such hardship, you will sit in the lap of God like a beloved child and you will be made heirs of the truthful who have preceded you. The door of every blessing will be open to you but there are few who belong to this category. God addressed me and said that taqwa is a tree that should be planted in the heart. The very water which nourishes taqwa irrigates the whole garden. Taqwa is a root without which everything is meaningless. And if it remains intact, then nothing is lost. What benefit is there for a man in indulging himself in the useless activity of claiming with his tongue that he seeks God, while he has no sure footing with his Lord? Look, I say to you truly and sincerely that ruined is he whose faith is tainted by even a hint of worldliness. Hell is very close to that soul, all of whose intentions are not for God. Rather, some of them are for God and others are for the world. Thus, if you have an iota of worldly adulteration in your intentions, all your worship is in vain. In such a case, you do not follow God, rather, you follow Satan. Never ever expect that when you are in such a condition, God will help you. Rather, in this condition you are a worm of the earth and soon you will perish just as worms of the earth do. And God shall not be in you. Rather, he will be happy to destroy you. But if you in reality die by killing your baser selves, then you shall appear in God and God shall be with you. And the house in which you live will be blessed and God's mercy will descend on the walls which are the walls of your house. And that city shall be blessed where such a person lives. If your life and your death, your every action and movement and your kindness and your anger are for God only, and if in any trouble or difficulty you do not put God to the test, 
nor sever your relationship with him. Rather, under these trials you step forward towards God. Then I truly say to you that you will become a chosen people of God. You too are human as I am human, and that very God who is mine is yours. So do not lay waste your noble capacities. Look, if you fully incline towards God, then be reminded, and I say it in accordance with the will and pleasure of God, that you shall become his chosen people. Let the greatness of God take root in your hearts and acknowledge his unity, not just with your tongues, but also with your actions, so that God too practically shows his mercy and kindness to you. Refrain from malice and treat human beings with true compassion. Adopt each and every path of righteousness, for who knows from which of these paths you will be accepted. Rejoice and be happy that the field of achieving nearness to God is vacant. Every nation is in love with the world, and to what pleases God the world pays no attention. Now is the time for those who wish to enter this door, that they mustering all their strength, show their mettle and win the much-coveted prize from God. Do not think that God will let you go to waste. You are the seed which the hand of God has sown in the earth. God says that this seed will grow and flower and its branches will spread in all directions and it will become a huge tree. So, Blessed is one who believes in what God says and does not fear the trials which he suffers in his path. For the coming of trials is essential so that God may try you to see who is true in his declaration of bet and who is false. Whoever falters in the face of a trial would do no harm to God whatsoever and ill luck would only land him in hell. Were he not born, it would have been better for him. But all those who remain steadfast till the end, they will be shaken with quakes of calamities and battered with storms of misfortune, ridiculed and mocked by people and hated and reviled by the world, shall at last come out victorious. And doors of blessings shall be thrown open for them. God addressed me and said that I should inform my Jamaat that those who believe and their belief is not adulterated with the worldly considerations and is free from hypocrisy and cowardice and is not found wanting at any stage of obedience, such people are the favourites of God. And God says that indeed these are the ones whose station is that of truth. Listen, O you who can. What is it that God desires from you? All he desires is only that you become solely his and do not associate any partners with him, neither in the heavens nor on the earth. 
our God is that God who is alive even now as he was alive before. He speaks even now as he used to speak before. And even now he hears as he heard before. It is a false notion that in these times he only hears but does not speak. On the contrary, he hears and also speaks. All his attributes are eternal and everlasting. None of his attributes is in abeyance, nor will it ever be. He alone is the one without any associate. He has no son, nor has he any wife. He alone is peerless and there is no one like him. And he is the one who is unique in that none of his attributes are exclusively possessed by anyone beside him. He has no equal. He does not share his attributes with anyone. None of his powers is less than perfect. He is near, yet far, and he is far, yet near. He can reveal himself to Ahle Kashaf. He has no body nor any shape. He is above all, but it cannot be said that there is anything beneath him. He is on Arsh, but it cannot be said that he is not on the earth. He is the sum total of all perfect attributes, and he is the manifestation of every true praise. He is the source of all that is good, and encompasses all powers, and he is the source of all forms of beneficence. He is the one to whom everything returns, he is the Lord of all the realms. He possesses every perfection and is free from all defects, imperfections and weaknesses. It is his sole prerogative that all those who belong to the earth as well as all those who belong to the heavens should worship him. Nothing is impossible for him. All souls and their potentialities and all particles and their potentials are his and only his creation. Nothing comes into existence without him. He reveals himself through his powers, his omnipotence and his signs. We can attain him only through him. He always reveals his being to the righteous and shows them his omnipotence. And this is the only means by which he is recognized and the path he favors is recognized. He sees without physical eyes and hears without physical ears and speaks without a physical tongue. Likewise, it is his work to bring a thing into existence from nothingness. For example, in dreams, you see how he creates a whole world without matter and shows you every mortal and non-existent being as having existence. Thus are all his powers. Ignorant is he who denies his powers. Blind is he who has no knowledge of his profound and inconceivable powers. He can and does everything that he intends to, except those which are at variance with his glory or which are in conflict with his promises. He is unique in his being, in his attributes, in his actions and in his powers. 
all doors to reach him are closed except the one which the noble Qur'an has opened. And all prophethoods and all books of the past are no longer required to be followed independently because the prophethood of Muhammad comprises and encompasses them all. And except for it, the prophethood of Muhammad, all routes to God are closed. Each and every truth which leads to God is in it, the Holy Quran, alone. Neither will any truth come after this, nor is there any earlier truth which is not present within it. It is for this reason that all prophethoods have ended with the coming of this prophethood. And so it should have been, for a thing which has a beginning must also have an end. But this prophethood of Muhammad in its intrinsic beneficence suffers from no handicap. Indeed, its beneficence far surpasses the beneficence of other prophethoods. Following the prophethood of Muhammad is the easiest route through which one can reach God. Obedience to it wins the gift of divine love and communion greater and more than ever before. However, a perfect follower of the prophethood of Muhammad cannot be called a prophet per se, for that would be an affront to the perfect and absolute prophethood of Muhammad Yet, with regard to him, the follower of the Holy Prophet, the two expressions Ummati and Nabi can be applied in conjunction. Because by doing so, no disrespect is implied to the perfect and final prophethood of Muhammad Rather, because of this beneficence of the Holy Prophet, the light of his prophethood becomes all the more clear and resplendent. Footnote In spite of this, it should be remembered that after Muhammad the door for law-bearing prophethood has been firmly closed, and after the Holy Qur'an there is no book, scripture, which teaches new injunctions or abrogates the authority of the Holy Qur'an or suspends it, for the ministry of the Qur'an remains effective until the day of judgment. End footnote. When this communion and converse reaches the highest stage of perfection from the point of view of both quality and quantity and is free from all impurities and deficiencies and when it openly and explicitly reveals matters pertaining to the unknown then such a revelation is in other terms designated as prophethood. All the prophets are in agreement concerning this. Thus, it is not possible that a people about whom it is said, Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat nas, that you are the best people raised for the good of mankind, the Holy Quran, chapter 3, verse 111, and who are taught the prayer, Ihdina sirat al mustaqim, sirat al ladina an'amta alayhim that guide us on the right path, the path of those on whom thou hast bestowed thy blessings, the Holy Quran, chapter 1, verses 6 to 7, 
should have been deprived of attaining this high station, and not a single one of them could attain it. Were it so, this would not have been the only flaw, namely that Umar the Muhammadiyah, the community of the followers of Muhammad would have remained imperfect and inadequate, and all those belonging to it would have remained spiritually blind. The other more grave consequences would have followed. The beneficence of the Holy Prophet would have been flawed, and his Kuwate Qudsiya would have been considered imperfect. Moreover, the supplication which the Muslims were enjoined to make in their five obligatory prayers would have been in vain. On the other hand, there would have been the added defect that if this gamal were made possible for a member of the Ummah to achieve directly without completely following the light of the prophethood of Muhammad then the meaning and significance of Khatm al-Nabu'at, seal of prophethood, would have been negated. Thus, to avoid both these dangers, God Almighty vouchsafed the consummate, perfect, pure and venerated revelation to some of those who completely lost themselves in the Holy Prophet and no barrier remains between them and him. They personify the sense and substance of being an Ummati and the true meaning of following the Holy Prophet is fully realized in them in such a way that their being cease to be their own but are lost in the being of the Holy Prophet so much so that in the mirror of their total absorption, the person of the Holy Prophet is fully reflected, and along with this they are vouchsafed a personal communion with God like other prophets. This is how some individuals, despite being Ummati, have earned the title of Prophet for such prophethood is not distinct from the prophethood of Muhammad In fact, on close reflection, we find that it is none other than the prophethood of Muhammad which has manifested itself in a new mode. This is what is meant by the statement of the Holy Prophet with reference to the promised Messiah, i.e. Nabiullahi wa imamukum minkum that is, he is a prophet as well as an Ummati. Because one who is not a follower of the Holy Prophet can by no means step in to occupy this exalted station. Blessed is he who comprehends this point that he may save himself from destruction. God caused Isa to die as the plain and explicit verse of God i.e. bears witness. The meaning of this verse in the context of the relevant verses is that on the day of judgment God will ask Isa, Was it you yourself who taught your followers, Believe in me and my mother as gods? To this he will reply, As long as I remained among them I was witness over them and was their custodian. But after you caused me to die, how could I know what the heresy was with respect to which they had gone astray? Now if one desires, one can take the verse to mean when you caused me to die. 
or if one so desires, without abandoning one's unjustified obduracy, one can take it to mean, when you raised me to heaven with my physical body. In any event, this verse proves that Isa will not return to this world. For had he come again to this world, and had he, having returned, broken the cross, then in that case it would not be possible that Isa, who is a prophet of God, should tell such a blatantly plain lie in the presence of God on the day of judgment, that I have no knowledge whatsoever that after me my people adopted a false creed and made me and my mother gods. Can a person who returns to this world and lives in it for 40 years and fights battles against Christians tell such a detestable lie, i.e., I am totally ignorant of it all, even though he is a prophet. Thus the above verse prevents the return of Isa because otherwise he has to be taken for a liar. If he is in heaven with his physical body and, as the above verse elucidates, will not descend on the earth till the day of judgment, will he die in heaven? And will his grave be in heaven, while his dying in heaven is contradicted by the verse Fiha Tamutun, that therein on the earth shall you die? The Holy Quran, Surah Al Araf, chapter 7, verse 26. Hence, all this proves that he, Isa, did not ascend to heaven with his physical body, but went to heaven after having died. If to oppose the book of God when it has given an explicit verdict is not a sin, then what else is? Had I not come, such a simple error of judgment would have been forgivable. But now that I have come from God and the true and explicit meanings of the Holy Quran have been clarified, even then not to give up false beliefs is not the way of those who are honest. For me, the signs of God were manifested in the heaven as well as the earth. About one-fourth of the century has elapsed, and thousands of signs have appeared. The age of the world has entered its seventh millennium. What kind of hard-heartedness is this, that even now you do not accept the truth? Look, I proclaim aloud, that God's signs have not yet been exhausted. After the sign of that first earthquake which struck on the 4th of April 1905, about which a warning was given a long time before its occurrence, God has again informed me that another severe earthquake will strike in the spring season. Those will be the days of spring. I do not know whether the earthquake will strike in the beginning when trees come into leaf or in the middle or whether it will strike in the last days of spring. Note that the words of divine revelation are Pir bahar ai khuda ki baat phir puri hui that again came the spring and again the word of God was fulfilled. Because the first earthquake struck in spring God informed me that the second earthquake too shall strike in spring, 
And as some trees begin to put out new leaves at the end of January, so from this very month will begin the days of fear, and will probably last till the end of May. Footnote. I do not know whether by the days of spring are meant the days of the spring which will come after the passing of this winter, or whether the fulfilment of this revelation will come to light at some later time in the days of spring. In any case, the word of God shows that the time of the fulfilment of this prophecy will be the time of spring, whichever spring it may be. But God shall come like a man who stealthily comes at night. This is what God has told me. End footnote. And God said, "Zelzalatu sa'a," meaning that this earthquake will be like the day of judgment. And again He said, "Lakanuri ayatin wa nahdimu ma yamurun," i.e. For you we shall show signs, and those who build buildings, we shall continue to demolish them, the buildings. Footnote. There is another revelation too regarding this. Tirilye Miranam Chamka. It was for you that my name shone forth. End footnote. And again he said, Bhonchal aya or shiddat se aya. Zameen tehu bala kardi. It means that a severe earthquake will strike, and will turn the earth, that is, some parts of the earth, upside down, as happened in the time of Lot. Inni maal afwaji atika baghtatan. That is, stealthily with my legions shall I come. Of that day, no one shall know. So it happened with the town of Lot, till it was turned upside down. No one knew of it, and all were busy eating, drinking, and enjoying themselves. When all of a sudden the earth was turned upside down, hence God says that here too the same thing will happen, because sin has crossed all bounds. And man has fallen extremely in love with the world, and the way of God is looked down upon with disdain. And he said, "Zindagiyon ka khatma, the end of lives." And then addressed me and said, "Qala Rabbuka, inna hu nazilum min al-samai ma yurdika rahmatam minna wa kana amram maqdiyan." That is, your God says that one Amr shall descend from heaven by which you will be made happy. This is a blessing and a mercy from us. This is a thing decreed which was ordained from the beginning. And heaven must refrain itself from sending it down until this prophecy is publicized among peoples. Is there anyone who will believe in things which I say? Yes, but only he who is fortunate. Note that this proclamation is not made to cause anxiety, but only to prevent future fears, lest one should perish in ignorance. Every action is determined by one's intention, and my intention is not to cause pain. But to protect against it.
Those who repent shall be saved from divine punishment, but the unfortunate one who does not repent nor shuns the company of those who indulge in ridicule, nor does he renounce foul deeds and sin, his days of destruction are near, because his defiance deserves divine wrath in the sight of God. Here another matter deserves mentioning, which I have already spoken about. And the matter in question is that God has informed me about my death. He addressed me and told me about my life that very few days are left, and said, Tamam Havadis or Ajaibate Kudrit Diklanekebad Tumhara Hadsa Aiga that after all calamities and wonders of omnipotence have been shown, your event, i.e. your death, will take place. This points to the fact that it is but inevitable that before my death the world should be subjected to some calamities and some extraordinary signs of power are shown so that the world gets ready for a revolution and after that revolution my death should take place. And I was shown a spot in a vision and was told that this is the site of your grave. I saw an angel who was measuring the ground and arriving at a certain spot. He said to me, This is the place of your grave. Then I was shown a grave which was brighter than silver and all its soil was silver and it was said to me, This is your grave. I was shown a place which was named Bahishti Makbara the heavenly graveyard. And it was conveyed to me that it contained the graves of such righteous members of the Jamaat as are destined to dwell in heaven. Since then I have always been concerned that a piece of land should be bought for the purposes of a graveyard. But because in and around Gardian a suitable piece of land was available only at a great cost, this objective remained suspended for a very long time. Now, after the death of brother Molvi Abdul Karim Saab, may Allah have mercy on his soul, and now that about my own death too I have received repeated revelations, I thought it proper that arrangements of a graveyard should be made expeditiously. I have therefore proposed that a piece of land out of my own property which is adjacent to our orchard and the price of which is no less than a thousand rupees be used for this purpose. And I pray that God may bless it and that he may make this very piece of land the Behishti Makbara and make it the resting place of such members of the Jamaat as are pure of heart and who have in reality given precedence to faith over the world and who have renounced the love of the world and have submitted themselves to God, and have brought about in themselves a holy change, and like the companions of the Holy Prophet wasallam, have set the example of faithfulness and truthfulness. Amin, O Lord of the world. I pray again, O all-powerful God of mine, Make this piece of land fit for the graves of those of my Jamaat who are pure of heart and who have in reality become yours and in their deeds there is no adulteration of worldliness. 
Amen. Again, for the third time do I pray, O my mighty and benevolent God, O forgiving and merciful God, do grant them alone a place for graves here who have true faith in this messenger of yours and who have no trace of hypocrisy, of selfish motives and of doubt or suspicion in their hearts. And as faith and obedience deserve to be followed and observed, they follow and observe it for your sake. And in their heart of hearts, they have already sacrificed their lives for you and in your path, and you are pleased with them. And those whom you know to be totally lost in love for you, and those who have with your messenger a relationship of love and devotion based on loyalty, total respect and enlightened faith. Amen, O Lord of the world. Footnote Suspicion is a grave calamity which in no time consumes faith, just as blazing fire consumes dry straw. One who suspects and mistrusts the messengers of God, God himself becomes his enemy and stands up to fight him. He is so jealous for his chosen ones that in this regard none can be his equal. When all sorts of attacks were made against me, it was this very jealousy of God which exploded for my sake. As he said, I shall stand with my messenger, and shall reproach the one who reproaches him, and shall bestow on thee that which lasts forever. You have a rank in heaven, and among those who are able to see. We shall show signs for you, and shall demolish that which they build. They said, Will you place therein one who will create disorder? He said, I know that which you do not know. I shall humiliate him who designs to humiliate thee. Be not afraid. The messengers are not afraid in my presence. Allah's decree has arrived. Therefore do not try to hasten it. Good news received by the prophets. O my Ahmad, you are my purpose and are with me. You are to me like my unity and my uniqueness. You have a standing with me of which people have no knowledge. You have a high standing in my presence. I have chosen you for myself. When you are angry, I am angry, and when you love, I love. Allah has preferred you over everything. All praise belongs to Allah, who has made you Messiah, son of Mary. He is not accountable for that which he does, and they are accountable. This promise was bound to be fulfilled. Allah will safeguard you against your enemies, and will attack him who attacks you. That is because of their disobedience and transgression. Is not Allah sufficient for his servant? O mountains and birds bow down to Allah along with him. Allah has decreed, I and my messengers shall prevail.
and they after their defeat shall soon be victorious. Allah is with those who are righteous and do their duty to the utmost. Those who have believed stand firmly on truth in the estimation of their Lord. Peace is the word from the merciful Lord. O guilty ones, this day stand apart from the righteous. End footnote. Since great tidings have been given to me about this graveyard, and because God did not only say that this graveyard is Bahishti, an abode of those who will go to heaven, but also said, Unzila fiha kullu rahmatin, that is, every kind of blessing has been sent down upon this graveyard, and there is no blessing which is not shared by those who are buried in this graveyard. God has inclined my heart through his wahiya khafi, a non-verbal revelation which is a form of divine inspiration, towards the idea that for the burial in the graveyard some conditions should be prescribed, and only those should get admittance who, because of their truthfulness and their perfect righteousness, comply with them. These are the three conditions which are binding on all. Number 1. I have donated the present plot of land as a contribution from myself, but for the completion of this compound another tract of land will be purchased, the price of which will be approximately 1,000 rupees. Some trees will be planted to beautify it, and a well will also be dug. To the north of this graveyard there is a large stretch of stagnant water, and as the graveyard is accessible only through this side, a bridge will have to be built. For these sundries, 2,000 rupees will be needed. Thus the total expenditure amounts to 3,000 rupees, which is required for the completion of this project. Hence, the first condition is that whoever desires to be buried in this graveyard should contribute towards the expenses of its maintenance according to his or her capacity. Such contributions are required only of people who desire to be buried therein, and not from others. At present this contribution should be sent to our respected brother, Molvi Nuruddin Sahib, but if God so wishes, this institution will continue after the death of us all. In that case, there should be an anjuman, which should be authorized to spend the money from such income, which would be raised from time to time, as it deems fit, for the propagation of Islam and the unity of God. Number 2. The second condition is that from among the Jamaat, only those will be buried in this graveyard who make a testamentary disposition that one-tenth of their entire property shall, under the directions of the Jamaat, be devoted to the propagation of Islam and the teachings of the Holy Qur'an. It will be open to every righteous person whose faith is perfect to bequeath in his will more than one-tenth for this purpose, but in no case shall it be less than one-tenth. And this monetary income shall be in the custody of an anjuman whose members should be honest 
and knowledgeable, and they, with mutual consultation and according to the directions laid down above, shall use the funds for the advancement of Islam, dissemination of the Quranic knowledge, publishing religious books, and for the expenses of missionaries of the Jamaat. It is the promise of God that He will cause the Jamaat to flourish. So it is expected that abundance of funds will be forthcoming for the propagation of Islam. Every matter pertaining to the proposals about the propagation of Islam, going into the details of which will be premature, will be paid for out of these funds. And when a party of those who are made responsible for discharging these duties passes away, those who succeed them shall be duty-bound to render all those services in accordance with the instructions of Silsila Ahmadiyya. These funds shall also be used to help such orphans, poor and needy people, and new converts as do not have sufficient means of livelihood. And it shall be permissible to augment these funds through trade and commerce. Do not think that these things which I have said are inconceivable. No, they are the will of that Mighty One who is the Lord of the earth and the heaven. I am not worried how these funds will be collected, nor do I grieve over how such a Jamaat will be raised, who, inspired by their faith, shall perform such heroic feats. Rather, I am worried that after I am gone, those who will be entrusted with these funds may not, seeing their abundance, stumble and fall in love with the world. So I pray that such honest people may always be found by the Jamaat who work for God alone. However, it shall be lawful that those who have no means to support themselves should be given something from these funds by way of assistance. The third condition is that each one who is buried here should have led a righteous life and abstained from all that is prohibited and should have not been guilty of shirk, associating partners with God, and bidat, an unwarranted innovation in matters of faith and religion. He should be a true and sincere Muslim. The fourth condition is that every righteous person who owns no property and is unable to render any financial service to the community can be buried in this graveyard, provided it is established that he had dedicated his life to serve the faith and was a righteous person. Instructions Number 1 Anyone who wishes to make a will in accordance with the above conditions, his or her will shall be executed after his or her death. However, it shall be incumbent that the will be made in writing and entrusted to the appointed trustee of the Jamaat. It shall also be obligatory to print and publish it, the will, since at the time of death making bequests often becomes difficult. Since the days of visitations and calamities are close at hand, therefore one who makes a will at the time of peace holds a lofty station in the sight of God. 
such a will under which the contribution is permanent will confer perpetual reward on the one who makes it and it would amount to khairati jariya a charity or any other good deed the effect and the reward of which is unending number 2 anyone who lives in any other part of the country far from gardian and is bound by the conditions mentioned earlier his or her heirs should after the death of such a person put his or her body in a coffin and bring it to gardian if a person eligible for burial here dies before the graveyard is completed that is before the completion of the bridge etc his or her body should be put in a coffin and buried at the place of his or her death in trust after the completion of all the necessary arrangements relating to the graveyard his or her body should be brought to gardian however it would not be proper to exhume the bodies of those who have not been buried in a coffin footnote let no ignorant person think that this graveyard and the arrangements for it fall into the category of bidat an unwarranted religious innovation for this arrangement is in accordance with divine revelation and there is no element of human involvement in it and let no one wonder how by just being buried in this graveyard one can enter paradise the idea behind it all is not that this piece of land will make anyone worthy of heaven rather the word of god means that only those will be buried here who are worthy of heaven end footnote let it be made clear that it is the will of allah that such as have perfect faith should all be buried in the same place so that future generations having seen them all buried in one location should strengthen their own faith and so that their great services that is the deeds they performed for the sake of allah live forever in the people's memory in the end i pray that may allah help every sincere person in this matter and that he may kindle the fire of faith in their hearts and that they all meet their death when allah is pleased with them amen it is appropriate that every one of our jamaat who receives this booklet should announce it to his friends and acquaintances and publish it as far as it is possible for him to do and treasure it for his future generations and inform the opponents about it in an appropriate manner and he should also patiently bear the abuse of every slanderer and keep himself busy praying our proclamation at the end is that all praise belongs to allah who is the lord of the worlds the humble one the writer the one who is always in need of allah the everlasting refuge ghulam ahmed may allah protect him and be his help december 20th 1905 end part 1
The Review of Religions magazine was established in 1902 by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, the Promised Messiah and Imam Mahdi, in order to prove the existence of God and the relevance of religion in the modern world. It continues to engage audiences across the globe to this day. You can find a range of audiobooks and other exciting resources on our website at www.reviewofreligions.com In the name of Allah, the Most Gracious, the Ever Merciful. This is part two of the audiobook The Will by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, the Promised Messiah and Mahdi. This is an audiobook recorded for the Review of Religions. The Review of Religions magazine was established in 1902 by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, the Promised Messiah and Imam Mahdi, in order to prove the existence of God and the relevance of religion in the modern world. It continues to engage audiences across the globe to this day. You can find a range of audiobooks and other exciting resources on our website at www.reviewofreligions.org Are so watchful and by nature pure. In your greed for this world, do not ruin your faith. Do not tie your heart to this transitory abode, for underneath its pleasure lie hidden hundreds of woes. If only you had the ears to hear, you would catch the voice from the grave singing, O oh, my would-be prey, do not agonize over the sordid affairs of this world. Everyone who is enamored of this wretched world is a hostage to misery, trials and tribulations. Delivered is he who is ever mindful of his death who breaks free from this world and hastens to follow the right path. Even before his death, he sets out on his journey to the friend, taking leave of this world and all that it contains. He is ever ready to leave for the hereafter, discarding all the things mundane. Since the affairs of this life are so secret and arcane, you had better break yourself free from this abode. My dear child, the hell of which the Holy Qur'an speaks is none other than this greed for the world. Since in the end, one must bid farewell to this world and must sooner or later take this trip. Why should a wise man tie his heart to a garden whose flowers are a prey to the autumn winds. It is but folly to tie one's heart to this hussy, for she is an enemy of faith and truth and purity. Of what use is this two-faced sweetheart who killed you at times by peace and at times by war? Why not fall in love with the sweetheart whose love delivers from heavy chains. Go, think of your end, O rebellious one. Listen to Sadi if you will not listen to me. The hour of your death shall be the hour of rejoicing, provided you die in virtue.
appendix relating to Risala al-Wasiyat, the will. There are certain important points regarding the booklet, the will, which need to be publicized and they are as follows. Number one. The first point to be noted is that until the Anjuman Garpardas Masale Kabristan, the administrative body responsible for looking after the affairs pertaining to bequest and related matters, announces that the graveyard is fully completed with respect to every necessary requirement, it shall not be permissible that the body of a person who has fully complied with all the conditions laid down in the will be brought for burial in the graveyard. The completion of the bridge and that of other necessary requirements must be given priority. Till then, the body is to be placed in a coffin and buried in some other graveyard in trust. Number two. Anyone who undertakes to abide by the conditions laid down in the will, it shall be required of him or her to make a declaration in writing in the presence of two witnesses and entrust this document to the anjuman while he or she is in full possession of his or her faculties. The testator should explicitly state that he or she bequeaths or endows one-tenth of all of his or her movable and immovable property for the propagation of the objectives of the Ahmadiyya Jamaat. And it shall be obligatory that the testator publishes this declaration in at least two newspapers. Number three. It shall be binding on the Anjuman that after fully satisfying itself regarding the legal and shari validity of the contents of the will, it issues a certificate to the testator, duly signed and sealed. And when, in accordance with the regulations stated above, a dead body is brought to the graveyard for burial, the certificate must be presented to the Anjuman, and in accordance with the directives of the Anjuman. After the Anjuman has surveyed where the deceased can be buried, the coffin shall be buried at the spot specified by the Anjuman, for the burial. Number four. Since all children who have not come of age go to heaven, they shall not be buried in this graveyard except when the Anjuman suggests that there are special circumstances owing to which such a burial could take place. Nor shall any relative of the deceased be buried in this graveyard unless he or she, on his or her own, complies with the conditions laid down in the will. Number five. It shall not be permissible for the body of a person who has not died in Gardian to be brought to Gardian without a coffin. Also, it shall be necessary to inform the Anjuman one month in advance so that if, at the time, the Anjuman is facing some obstacles regarding the graveyard, it should be able to overcome them before giving permission for the burial. Number 6. If, God forbid, a person who has complied with all the conditions laid down in the will dies of plague, it shall be obligatory that his or her body is placed in a coffin and buried in trust at some other place for a period of two years. 
After two years, his or her body shall be brought to Gardian at a time when the place where the testator died, as well as Gardian, are free of the plague. Number seven. It should be kept in mind that for burial in this graveyard, it is not enough merely that one tenth of one's movable and immovable property is bequeathed, but it is also necessary that the testator. To the best of his or her capacity, complies with the commandments of Islam, and strives for matters pertaining to taqwa and purity, is a Muslim, believes in one God, and has true faith in His Messenger. Moreover, he or she does not violate the rights of fellow men. Number eight. If a person bequeaths one tenth of his or her assets and dies accidentally, for instance by drowning, or if he dies in another country from where it is difficult to bring his or her body, then he or she shall remain valid, and in the sight of God, he or she will be considered to have been buried in this graveyard. And it shall be permissible that in his or her memory, a headstone made of bricks or stone be erected with an inscription stating some facts about him or her. Number nine. The anjuman controlling these funds shall not be authorized to spend them for purposes other than those pertaining to the objectives of Ahmadiyya Jamaat. And of these, the objective of the propagation of Islam will take precedence over all others, and it shall be permissible for the anjuman to augment these funds through trade and commerce with the members' consensus. Number ten. The anjuman shall consist only of such members as belong to the Ahmadiyya Jamaat and are pious and upright. Should it be felt at any time that a member is not pious, or is dishonest, or is an intriguer, or that he has a streak of worldliness in him, then it shall be obligatory for the anjuman to immediately cancel the membership of such a person, and replace him with someone else. Number eleven. If a dispute arises with respect to the bequeathed assets and funds. Then any cost incurred in the process of settling the dispute shall be met by the funds of wasiyat. Number twelve. If a person makes a will, and then, because of some weakness in his faith, revokes his or her will, or renounces the Ahmadiyya Jamaat, then even if the anjuman is lawfully in possession of his property. It shall not be permissible for the anjuman to keep his or her property in its possession, but shall be bound to return it. This is because God is in no need of anyone's property or money, and in the sight of God, all such wealth is detestable and fit only to be rejected. Number thirteen. Because the anjuman deputizes for the khalifa. Who is appointed by God, it should be free from all traces of worldliness, and all its affairs should be straight and transparent and based on justice. Number fourteen, it shall be permissible for the support and help of this anjuman to have its branches in far-off lands, which shall function under its directives, 
and such branches shall be subsidiary to it, the Anjuman at Gadian. If such subsidiary Anjumans are in countries from where it is difficult to bring the bodies of the deceased, it shall be permissible for the local Anjumans to bury them in their respective countries. And in order to have divine reward, such a person should bequeath one-tenth of his or her property before his or her death. The local Anjuman of a country shall be entitled to own the funds raised by bequests made in that country. It shall be preferable that such funds are spent for the religious needs of that country. However, it shall be permissible that in view of certain requirements, such funds are sent to the Anjuman, the headquarters of which are at Gadian. Number 15. It is mandatory that the headquarters of this Anjuman always remain at Gadian, because God has blessed this place. For this purpose, it shall be permissible for the Anjuman to erect buildings in anticipation of future needs. Number 16. There should always be at least two such members of the Anjuman as are well versed in the knowledge of the Holy Quran and Hadith and who have acquired the knowledge of Arabic and are also learned in Ahmadiyya literature. Number 17. If, God forbid, there is a person who makes a will in accordance with the booklet The Will and happens to suffer from leprosy and his or her physical condition is such that it is not suitable for his or her dead body to be brought to this graveyard, then in view of the known precautionary measures, it shall not be proper for him or her to be brought to this graveyard. However, if such a person has been able to carry out his or her obligations under the will, then such a person shall have the same station as is reserved for one who is buried here, God willing. Number 18. If there is a person who has no property, movable or immovable, but it is established that he or she is virtuous, saintly, God-fearing, a genuine believer and has no trace of hypocrisy and worldliness, nor is he or she found wanting in implicit obedience, then he or she too, by my permission or after me, with the consensus of the Anjuman, may be buried in this graveyard. Number 19. If a person is rejected by a spiritual divine revelation, he or she shall not be buried in this graveyard, even though he or she offers to pay the bequeathed contribution. Number 20. God has made an exception in my case and the case of my wife and children. All other men and women must comply with these conditions, and whoever objects will be a hypocrite. These are the obligatory conditions which have been detailed above. In future, only that person who complies with these conditions shall be buried in this makbara bahishti. It is possible that there may be persons who are swayed by doubt and suspicion and make me a target of objections in this matter and regard this arrangement as based on selfish motives or judge it as a bidhat. But remember, these are the works of God Almighty and He does 
what he wills. Indeed, he has willed that by this scheme he shall distinguish between a hypocrite and a believer. And I too feel that those who, having been informed of this divine scheme, become anxious immediately and without hesitation to subscribe one-tenth of their property in the way of Allah. Nay, they even show greater fervour and set the seal on their faithfulness. Allah says, Alif Lam Mim أَحَسِبَ النَّاسُ أَنْ يُتْرَكُوا أَنْ يَقُولُوا آمَنَّا وَهُمْ لَا يُفْتَنُونَ do the people think that I, Allah, should be pleased only by their verbal claim, we have believed, and that they should not be tried just yet? Whereas this trial is no trial. The companions of the Holy Prophet were tried when they were required to sacrifice their lives. Accordingly, they laid down their lives in the path of God. Then how far away from the truth is the thought as to why everyone is not allowed to be buried in this graveyard? Were this the case, why then did God Almighty prescribe trials in each age? In every age he has been pleased to distinguish the impure from the pure. He has therefore done the same now. In the days of the Holy Prophet God prescribed some minor trials too. For example, it was the practice that no one would seek any kind of advice from the Holy Prophet without offering Nazrana. Thus, in this too was a trial for the hypocrites. I feel that in present-day trials too, the faithful ones of the highest order, who have in fact given precedence to faith over worldliness, will stand distinguished from others, and it shall be proved that they have fulfilled their pledge of birth and established their bona fides. No doubt, this institution of Vasiyat will be very hard on the hypocrites, for it will expose them, and after they die, be they men or women, they will certainly not be buried in this graveyard. Fi qulubihim maradun fazadahumullahu marada. In their hearts was a disease, and Allah has increased their disease to them. The Holy Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 11. But those who excel in this matter will be counted among the righteous, and forever and always shall they be the recipients of divine blessings. Finally, let it be remembered that the days of calamities are close at hand, and a severe earthquake that will turn the earth upside down is imminent. Hence, before divine chastisement strikes, those who prove that they are not of this world and have renounced it, and who further demonstrate how well they carried out my command, they alone are the true believers in the sight of God. And their names shall be listed in his book as of those who are the first and foremost. And truly, and sincerely do I say that the time is near when a hypocrite who out of his love for this world has evaded this commandment will at the time of chastisement let out an anguished cry and say, Would that I had given all that I possessed, 
all my movable and immovable possessions in the way of God and escaped this chastisement. Remember, after witnessing this punishment, faith will be of no avail and arms and charity will be in vain. Look, I warn you of an imminent divine chastisement. Hasten to stock up on your spiritual provisions that will serve you. As for me, I have no intention of taking possession of your wealth. Rather, you shall give your wealth to the Anjuman for the propagation of the faith and shall be rewarded with a life in heaven. There are many who, for their love of the world, shall evade my command, but shall soon be taken away from this world. Then, at the last hour, they shall exclaim, Hada ma rahmanu mursalun. This is what the gracious God had promised, and the messengers spoke the truth. Holy Quran, Surah Yasin, chapter 36, verse 53. Wassalam ala manittaba ala khuda. Peace be on one who follows the guidance. The humble one, the author, Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, the promised Messiah from God Almighty, January 6th, 1906. End part two. This is part two of the audiobook The Will by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, the promised Messiah and Mahdi. This is an audiobook recorded for the review of religions. The Review of Religions magazine was established in 1902 by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, the Promised Messiah and Imam Mahdi, in order to prove the existence of God and the relevance of religion in the modern world. It continues to engage audiences across the globe to this day. You can find a range of audiobooks and other exciting resources on our website at www.reviewofreligions.org.